When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com What is going on? Episode 181 of Bar Down Breakdown. And tonight we are joined by our homies when the sun sets. For the longest time, I thought maybe that was an under oath reference, but then I realized that that <laughs> song title is actually when the sun sleeps. So <laughs> oh, we'll get into that. Face. Don't you worry. <laughs> Origin stories. <laughs> Yep, I would be today years old when I figured out. Actually, that was not the reference. But (laughs) 
it's all good. So, boys, what's going on? I guess we can kind of go around the horn. So, Zach, how's everything going in Chicago oh, or it's Illinois? Going or good. Any day from this point on without snow is a good day. All right, that's all we're gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful out here. Yeah, it's. I could see the leaves in the background are changing know, colors. And... <laughs> yeah, it's natural <laughs> for sure. Cool, Taven. What's going on, dude? Yeah, same old. I'm from Buffalo, so being down in Nashville uh, every day without snow is a good day. I got to second that for sure. Okay, so I'm already sensing uh, that we might have some divided loyalties in the band. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And and Jim, where are you joining? I guess we should figure out where everyone is. I just assumed everyone's from Chicago or Illinois, but... Jim, what's going on, dude? Dude, good. Um, yeah, th- the three of us were in Nashville, uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, oh, pretty good. Uh, the weather's been slightly overcast. Nice, yeah. but <laughs> not not too cold. Not too cold. All right, cool. And and Matt, what's going on, man? Not much. I'm I'm also in Nashville, but uh, I'm I'm from New York, like right outside New York City originally. So. We have quite quite a few quarrels with this between the members of this band and the cities we're from. Yeah, and the no. pizza taste is way different. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Buffalo style pizza is kind of weird. I would assume no. that it's like similar to Detroit style. <laughs> Don't yeah, get me started. It's, it's, Don't it's, get it's me started. Own, its own monster, dude. It's so weird yeah. because we had Hammer on from Violent Gentleman, and he's like obviously does all the you know the every time i die christmas shows and whatnot and mm-hmm. he goes out there for him yep. and he brags about buffalo pizza and i was like wait i went to school yeah, in upstate new york i didn't even know that that was a thing it's, it's top but, notch but actually here i so i live in charlotte north carolina and there's a buffalo style pizza place it's called the taste of buffalo and there's just so many buffalo transplants here that it's crazy like if you try to order pizza on friday night it's going to be like two hours minimum, which is wild. So, yeah. Yeah, I was today's, today years old when I found out Buffalo has their own pizza slice. I, I just thought they used their tables for smashing through for Bill's Mafia. Yeah. They use the little pizza tables, you know, like. Hand hand. Oh, oh, the little ones that come in your, in your yeah, that, yeah, that's how it originated. Yeah. They started smashing through those. After they light them on fire. You got nothing else to do when your teams don't win and there's eight feet of snow outside, so I don't blame them. <laughs> Not this year. Not this year. Everybody says, Not this year. This year's our year. <laughs> All I'm going to say is we've got New York style pizza and we've got Chicago style pizza, and everybody's underestimating right in the middle. That's, that's where the gold mine is. Or, or everyone's ignoring it for a reason. I was going to say, right in the middle is Detroit style pizza. Yeah, then I'll just go full Chicago. Yeah, I'm not very good with geography. <laughs> Let's not forget the like six other major cities in between New York City. <laughs> yeah, and Nashville pizza doesn't count. You just slap fucking hot sauce on that thing and call it a hot sauce. Yeah, yeah. Nashville, just, they just yeah, pizza Nashville doesn't have, have its own pizza. <laughs> Nashville's just too busy ripping off everyone else. They have the Chicago style and the New York style yeah. pizza. Nashville knew not to get into the pizza game. We, we got enough of the chicken game down here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We didn't we'll need our own pizza. Nothing, nothing goes better with pizza than some fucking pop punk music. So 
What's yeah, going on with uh, with When the Sun Sets? What have you guys been up to? We are currently in the process of writing our first full length. Um, so this group right here, the Nashville group and the Chicago group, um, just got together, what was it, probably like eight, nine months ago at this point. Um, yeah, we were two separate bands. Yeah, we were two separate bands. Um, and when the Sunsets was in the midst of like just swapping out members, we were all pretty young, like 19, 20. Some guys were just uh, taking other paths in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were just trying to figure out who was really in it to win it. And we toured together for like three or four days um, and just became friends with these guys. And they ended up losing the same members that we didn't lose. Um, we just, we just like one night messaged them and we're like, Hey guys. So like kind of a joke, but not really a joke. Do you want to like merge? And uh, so we just got to talking and just, uh, we flew out to Nashville and became like best buds. I love the worst place to fly out to. Uh, oh yeah. (laughs) So it it was, it was gnarly. I I guess like how, how is it working now that you guys have kind of, you know, merged your two bands being, you know, half the bands in Chicago, the rest is in Nashville. Like, it's not like that's a two hour drive that that's a pretty substantial drive. So we use the company credit card a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. The Nashville dudes uh, make a lot of trips out here. I don't know if you got one of you guys want to touch on that, but um... yeah, it's it's not without effort. Um, there's yeah. a lot of a lot of phone calls, a lot of Skype calls, and then a lot of group and individual trips. So we've done two tours, two weekenders since we we banded together, both of which started out of Chicago, and then our uh, our producer our producer is actually in Indiana, but just over the border. Yeah. So, um, so up near Chicago. So it's a lot of driving. I know uh, Taven flew up there a few weeks ago for some sessions. I'm flying up in a few weeks for some sessions. Um, we are. Uh, it, it helps. The three of us are all audio, like engineers professionally. So you know things like drums nice. we, send, we do down here in Nashville and send send files up to our producer, which makes life a lot easier. But uh, but it's definitely it's different. I mean, for for all of us, like we've all seen bands do the whole multi-city thing but normally they were bigger bands they had money and budget and for us it's like oh wow this is it's a lot harder than we thought it was gonna be yeah <laughs> a lot of work that gets to get done when you can't see each other on a weekly basis and practice yeah 100 percent. i think there was another band that we that we had on the podcast sink in they're very similar i think one of them lives in california oh, one of them lives in chicago one of them lives in jersey oh wow so. yeah that's a big spread yeah. yeah, I guess yeah, I mean, that's like make out. Make out's like Chicago, LA, and Australia. So it's like, <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, yeah. that's passports involved. That's a whole different yeah. thing. Yeah, they yeah. have work visas they have to deal with. They got work visas. They got to get that O two. <laughs> and I was listening to your calling all captains episode earlier, talking about work visas, and I was just like, damn, like that is crazy. I didn't know how much was involved. Yeah, as someone who's done it for two bands, uh. Both of them were on this podcast. It's a nightmare. Um, but to get up to Canada, we just have to just go and show our passport and pay whatever exactly. taxes on merch that we have to do. And we're in Canada. They yeah, have to, it's like, like you don't it bring out. anything illegal into the country and you're fine. You know, yeah. like where it's like, yeah, you don't have to like <laughs> fork over an arm and a leg. 
I think it's like twenty eight hundred dollars for them. I could be wrong on the price, but it's it's somewhere up there. It was insane when we tried to do yeah, it. Yeah, whoever was on the podcast, I heard calling all captains say forty five hundred dollars the last time they were here. Yeah, I'm I think like, that's dang. like if if you are rushing it. Right? Yeah, but if you oh, plan it. well in advance, it's a little it's bit cheaper. Price. Yeah, it's still expensive, but I guess that's why they all get on here and they, they get to the states and they do these like really long drawn out. Yeah, yeah, they're all here for months. Yeah, you got but, it. I mean, you guys have an eight-hour drive between each other. I think, like, basically, yeah, just think about that. Yeah. My touring back in the day, I think yeah, it's about an eight hours. That's insane. So, like, how do you guys keep? I mean, you guys already said, like, you know, it's, it's easy for you guys to kind of, like, record and do all this other stuff because you're all audio engineers. But, like, especially, like, prepping for a tour, how does that work? It's a, a lot of individual practice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know yeah. we all we all practice by ourselves. Me, Taven, and Jim will maybe sometimes sit down together since we're all here together. And we can, yeah. you know, we can jam and, 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 and line things up. But then it's basically just, you know, we, we kind of bank on the fact that we've all been doing this a while now. This is... <laughs> This is not, I mean, technically this is one of Zach's first bands, but it's the like fifth iteration of the band for him. Yeah. And for the rest of us, <laughs> I know for me and Rob, who's not here, like we've both been in oh God, more bands than we can count at this point. And so just hoping that with all that practice, we could, we could do it. And then these two weekenders, we sort of proved we could, we got together yeah. before the first one, we got together and practiced and then went out on the run. And then the second one, um, it was only a few weeks later, so we just showed up and played. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, you have to work the kinks out in the first show, but it's you know, if, you, if you know the songs and you know the, the performance, you can kind of roll with it. Yeah, that was really a big part of it. Was when we were deciding to merge the two bands, it was uh, it was a lot of just counting on. We've all been doing this long enough. We have the experience. We just need to combine it and. Hadn't practiced really other than once before our first tour and it all came together shockingly well. Yeah, Tatum was out <laughs> for the second tour. He got a he got a wrist surgery, so yeah. he is uh, he's only been on one with us. So yeah, we're still working out the kinks on that for sure. Oh, I'm good now. <laughs> and not on the wrist thing, I'm saying on the on the practicing for tours thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I would love to know fine. What brought you guys to Nashville? Uh, since you know, Matt, you mentioned you're from like where specifically in New York, Matt, are you from? I'm from Westchester County, so like 20 minutes north of the Bronx. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah, no, I know. I'm I'm from Long Island, I, I know. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. we're in Long Island, Deer Park. Okay, yeah, I had I had cousins, they were further out, but they were in uh, oh man, I'm forgetting the name of the town they were from, but they were way out, like halfway out on the island. But I yeah. used to go down there every weekend. Cool. And what about you, Taven? What brought you from Buffalo? Well, I'm actually not from right in Buffalo. I'm from right in between Buffalo and Rochester, which is farm country, pretty much middle of nowhere. And uh, I've known pretty much all my life that I wanted to do music. So in high school, of course, I screamed in a metalcore band, did that whole shebang. And it was kind of like, well, I don't know if I want to go into the college debt and that whole systematic kind of thing when I know I want to do music. So it was, I went to a a community college in Batavia, New York and got my associates. And then it was like, well, I'm going to go to Nashville. It's not, well, it's about an 11 hour drive 
I've done that more times than I'd like to have, but uh, <laughs> it's closer than going somewhere like LA to just try and take a shot at music. And mm-hmm. I, uh, I pretty much had the phone number of one person in Nashville and uh, he was living with Matt at the time. So nice. <laughs> That's where that connection came from. Good stuff. Now, now what about and then you? Your boss. Jim. So I, uh, I, uh, oh. so, I grew up in New York. Uh, I ended up going to college in uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, I knew I wanted to do music. My my dad worked in finance, but he was a guitarist as a hobby. So I learned guitar at a young age. I always loved music, and uh, I went to college for music technology and business because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I knew I needed to go to college. I knew my parents would probably kill me if I didn't go to college. So I said, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it for something I love. And uh, um, I went to school at Drexel in Philadelphia, graduated, mm-hmm. and then did the exact opposite of what David did. I went as far as I possibly could. I moved straight to Los Angeles. Uh, 48 <laughs> hours after I walked across the stage and got my diploma, I was on an airplane. I had a lease with three of my college friends in a house about an hour north of LA up in the valley, mm-hmm. um, actually in the town of Chatsworth, which is well known for things that at the time I didn't know was well known for. But um, it, uh, I spent about a year out in LA and I loved it, but as everyone will tell you, it's a, it's a hard place to, to move out of nowhere and live and it's expensive. And I was working multiple jobs trying to figure my life out. So I decided this isn't for me. Uh, and I actually moved back to New York to figure out what I wanted to do and where I wanted to move. And I got a job offer here in Nashville to come work for a big pop producer as a sort of a studio manager, mix engineer kind of role. And I said, Oh, that's a really good opportunity. So I took it, I moved down here and then, uh, I ended up meeting some people in the industry and I, uh, in 2019, I decided I quit my job and I start my own company. So I started a music software company in 2019 and uh, that's actually, that's what I'm still doing now. So that's, that's what brought me to Nashville and that's what's kept me in Nashville. That's cool, man. And you know, we've done this show for so long that we actually have a lot of guests who have, you know, made it from cities in the Northeast or in the Midwest and, now have migrated to Nashville and historically you think all oh, country music. However, what we're starting to realize is that, you know, for example, Alex Howard from the band conditions, he's on tour with jelly roll, which is like, you know, Nashville right there. And like, he's from our scene and you're noticing like the drummer from sleeping with sirens, like he moved to Nashville and is mm-hmm. doing country as well. Like, a lot of bands from our genre of music aren't necessarily like stopping playing like emo and pop punk music. But to be honest, like some of the country work that they're getting pays a little bit more is a little more steady. And uh, they, they've kind of brought the alternative kind of scene there, which is cool. Um, I do know it's at least from what I'm hearing on the, on this show is that the music scene for you know pop punk and emo and screamo and hardcore and stuff like that is still a little hit or miss in nashville like it's oh yeah it's a little tough at times so um i guess can you guys elaborate elaborate on both the nashville and then we'll talk about the illinois scene and and uh kind of i guess if you guys wanted to do like a week tour from chicago and then end in nashville like do you feel like both of those home bases would come out for you guys. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll start that just because 
I've been to a lot of heavy shows in Nashville yeah. in particular. And um, you would be shocked at like how, how well of a turnout you get with hardcore shows, mm -hmm. metalcore, things like that. You have like, you have bands like the band chamber who is from Nashville. And when they come through, of course it's craziness. You have like pop punk, like free throw. Yep. They come mm -hmm. through and almost always sells out madness for them. But um, you also have bands like Knocked Loose that are from Bowling Green, Kentucky. So you get some of the Kentucky market that's really within an hour drive. And uh, I've seen some really good turnouts with heavy bands, a lot of alternative rock stuff. Other than the main Broadway strip, it's it's gotten very diverse. I've seen rap concerts that have had good turnouts at local venues. And there's a lot going on. Definitely have you city. guys have you guys played there yet? Not as this lineup. Not, Not yet. As this lineup. Okay. I was so, gonna say I think most of the bands I knew from Nashville have always been um kind of like metalcore bands, especially like big within like the Christian metalcore scene back yeah. in like 2006 to 2010. Um a lot of the bands that we were playing with back then, uh when I was in a metalcore band, they were mostly from Nashville or from within kind of like the Nashville metropolitan area. So it's yeah. always kind of cool just to see like the, the dynamic of, of Tennessee in general and just the music it produces. I think, yeah, Nashville's definitely like elaborating on what Taven said. I think it's, it's definitely kinder to hardcore and to metal than it is to pop punk as far as like the ability to get a foothold in the scene. Obviously Tennessee, this is not, not Nashville, it's Knoxville, but we've got like Whitechapel and yeah. a couple big bands that have come from the state in that side of it. I think the biggest thing, like, cause like Taven was saying, like the turnouts can be really good. The biggest thing I've seen is that if you're a big pop punk band, neck deep state champs, they come here, they sell roughly the same number of tickets they're going to sell in any other city. This size, yeah. you know, 1200 to 2000 cat rooms, whatever. And they don't seem to struggle to pull because there's a lot of people in Nashville that, you know, that we all know that group of people that I used to be pop punk. I'm going to put that in air quotes. <laughs> a lot of, we're not going to open that can of worms right now, but those people will come out for those shows. The yeah. problem, you know, our old band was all Nashville based. We played Nashville 12 to 15 times during the couple of years we were a band, maybe more. And we played a lot of different shows. We opened for Neck Deep. We opened for Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. So we played some of the bigger shows, but we also played smaller shows in some of the smaller rooms. And there's like a threshold. You get below yep. a certain point and it drops. And even though you can probably pull 500 in Chicago, you're going to pull 30 in Nashville. But if you can, if you can pull a thousand in Chicago, you can probably pull a thousand in Nashville. It's like this weird sort of conundrum and it makes it really hard for bands to climb in Nashville. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the pop punk bands here find it easier to go outside of Nashville. Yeah. The metal core scene, I think on the other hand was so isolated for so long that it's like, ingrained into their society that you go out to the small shows because 20 years ago pop punk just didn't exist in nashville it was country and if you were metalcore you were like you know the devil's music and you were off in like you know the little bar somewhere so i feel like they banded together the pop punk scene is is definitely different like la new york chicago people come out to the small shows yeah here it's it's a lot of work to get someone to come out to a small pop punk show but if neck deep comes to town it's sold out five minutes it's this weird balance. That that makes a lot of sense. However, I also see like real parallels between country music and pop punk, like lyrically and like 
there's there's especially like the new country it's like this is actually pop punk like with a more of like acoustic guitars but and i was gonna say with like with like people like alex melton getting really big especially oh, yeah. like finding the pure noise and, and doing like these like blink winity two country covers like he's doing a really good job at kind of like merging both worlds together and giving that like kind of like southern nashville twang to to this like you know genre that's been around for whiny kids for years well, <laughs> yeah. taylor acorn and then taylor acorn legit taylor swift just announced her tour today and she's taking paramore out yeah yeah oh my gosh that's crazy speaking of taylor swift like gold steps does a cover of her blank space live and it's like that's it's absolutely perfect you know you wouldn't even know that it was a country song like it's so flawless when they play it live that it's like yeah this could be a pop punk song no problem like it translates well we did a cover of uh you belong with me and it's the same thing like you literally oh yeah it's just the same like it the the structure and everything and the major chord pick up the tempo a little bit you got a punk song (laughs) taylor swift I, i i said it at work today taylor swift writes the best pop punk music hands down <laughs> yeah i mean a lot of pop punk is breakup songs and i mean all of taylor swift songs are breakup songs so yeah we're <laughs> <laughs> dealing with like crappy friends yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's just all like negative i mean i feel like the more the more country pop and pop punk all blur the lines the easier it's getting for everyone yeah i think at the end oh, of the yeah. day it's, it's con- pop has become Country, pop punk, and pop are kind of like three sides of a triangle, and they're closing in on each other. Oh, like 100%. It's getting more more grungy. Pop punk is getting more pop, and country is getting more pop. And they're going to some point, like, well, they kind of are medium, though, right? We got things yeah. like Olivia Rodrigo. Well, I mean, Swaco just released a record from, a t- from 20 years ago. And oh, yeah. Well, yeah, do you know yeah, who yeah. produced the Olivia Rodrigo? I do. I do. It's... As tall as lions, right there from <laughs> Long Island, New York. But even like you had, you had like, um, like Billie Eilish brought Haley Williams out on stage. Uh, yep. You have like Swaka, like like Zach was saying, you have Travis Barker working with like Kenny Hoopla and like, you know, Mod yeah, Swaka just is... did a country track. I mean, this was like this week. He just got on a country track, and it's crazy. like it's crazy good. And you got Black Bear, you got you know all these artists you never would have thought would be into the same scene and they're all pulling out massive amounts of people. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I was going to say too, is I'm 23. So I grew up in the thousands pop era where at the time I absolutely hated it. Now I wish it was the mainstream again, Yeah. but uh, if you go back and listen to it, so much of it, even synth parts and things that were played on keys and weren't necessarily the same instruments as pop punk, if you can imagine those parts translated to distorted guitars, more aggressive drums with a tempo up just a little bit, so much of it is shockingly similar. And uh, like you guys are just saying, we obviously have people like MGK now who are bringing back what was the mainstream and the rock pop punk side in the late nineties, thousands pops moving that way. Even rap's kind of moving that way. Country's moving that way. It's just everything seems to mold together a little bit nowadays. I think it's definitely good for the pop punk scene. Definitely. Yeah, we were always the the small people. 
like the outcasts for sure. So being merged with pop and country is like huge. So yeah, we kind of like sure. we kind of talked about like the Nashville scene, but I mean Chicago, Chicago over the last I mean <laughs> forever yeah. has been such a bastion of of pop punk. Like um it's funny, like Spotify has its own algorithm for Chicago pop punk. Yeah. Just because of how how not similar, but how very dynamic the sound is coming out of Chicago, whether, you know, starting off with, you know, your fallout boys uh, or, you know, going into, you know, more recently you had um, sleep on it. You have action adventure. You have kind of like all these bands that are like forming, I mean, even rise against back in the day, but you have all these yeah. bands kind of like forming and the, it, it's funny. Cause I was, I, I was listening to you guys a lot you know, over the last week, you know, kind of like, you know, I, we've been friends for a while, but I was listening to you guys more and more to kind of like get, you know, a little bit more of a feel on like what you guys are doing and everything else. And you can hear the Chicago influence and it's, it's insane. Like it, I could be like that, that band's from Chicago. How do you know? They have something that I can hear in every Chicago band and it can be easy core. It could be pop punk. It could be whatever, but it's it's something in the water. And please don't drink out of the river in Chicago. It's something <laughs> there that that just has this like this. I don't know this like this zhuzh or like this something. It's probably the ajou that you guys dip your fucking beef sandwiches in. It, it, it's yeah, a deep dish pizza for it's sure. A deep dish pizza, yeah. It's just something that just gives it like that extra oomph when you listen That's- to it. And you're like, I dig this. That mystery voice is Rob, our bassist, just chipping yeah. in right now. <laughs> just the one floating in the abyss. Yeah. yeah. I was like, is that God? Who... Yeah. It I mean, some people have said that, but no. He's the closest one to heaven. He's like seven feet tall. So. Uh, yes, that's very true. Uh, yeah, so so. Uh, I, I apologize for being late. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. And where are you joining us from, Rob? Uh, so I actually am at a work event right now. I kind of stepped aside so I could do some uh, time with you guys before heading back in. No, no I love Chicago that. Chicago or Nashville? Oh, I'm Chicago. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's like way too much information. Yeah, dude. He's like, I'm in the. I'm just looking for a geographical location here. <laughs> yeah, yeah pinpoint your latitudes. Well, so, so yeah, I'm from Chicago, and the fact is, I, I actually take it to heart when you said that you know we have that Chicago sound. Uh, that's fantastic because, like, even some other bands you didn't bring up, like Alkaline Trio, yep. uh, and Real it's Friends, and stuff like, yep, Knuckle yep. Buck, yeah, oh my God, yeah, uh, all all of these, like, they're they're all like awesome musicians, they awesome writers. Uh, even going back in the day, if you want to go like the party punk stuff like lucky boys confusion oh lucky um, boys yeah yeah so like dude like every one of those bands I, I like you said it's something in the water but i also i think there's like that hey we deal with cold weather and it sucks and we have some angst because of it but let's uh let's deal with like put it out you know yeah it's like a grime i don't know what it yeah. is chicago pop punk has like a grime on it compared to like long island in new york because yeah, i feel like, like we have like similar issues with weather and other things but something in chicago like he said it's in the water yeah, well, like, like you could, like you could take, you could take any Long Island band and compare them to another Long Island band, and I will, I can, I, if I know they're from Long Island, I'll be like, yeah, one hundred percent, they're a Long Island band. But if I've never, like, let's take, if I've never heard, you know, Brand New or Taking Back Sunday, and I listen to both those bands, I can't tell they're both from Long Island. No, if I don't yeah. know the backstory. 
but I can listen to, like I said, Rise Against, Alkaline Trio, Fall Out Boy, Action Adventure, any one of these bands, and there's just something... I don't know if it's this the the hooks or if it's just the, the the swing of the rhythm. I don't know what it is. There's just something iconic about Chicago pop punk that's just different from the rest of the scene. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, I think a big chunk of it is that Chicago kind of gets looked over for a lot of the music scene. Everybody's like, oh, you're East Coast, West Coast. That's what it is. So we kind of have to push a little bit harder, I feel like, than other musicians out there at times to get noticed. Yeah, really. A lot, of, a lot of the heavy hitters out of Chicago are rap nowadays. Um, and, like, the only other genre that has consistent heavy hitters, I mean, you got Knucklepuck, Belmont. Like, you have all these these huge names in the pop punk scene that are just consistently popping out. And like, I mean, more recent, you have like Cleveland Avenue. Yeah. Um, like Wolf Road, bands like that. Like all of them are just popping off. I, I don't know if it's just like the aggression or what. Um, but like I was looking today, just like listening through Spotify playlists and like Midwest emo, you know, it, it like you look that up and like there are just thousands of playlists and you can just, you can gauge exactly where they're from. It's crazy. But the truth is, like, when you guys say the Chicago scene, you're really talking about the suburbs, right? Because that's kind of what we got from Mark Rose from Spitalfield when he was on. Is like, yeah, like, we, we like to say we're from Chicago, but, like, most of the shows that we're having that pop off are really, like, the suburbs. And, like, those those smaller venues is what really the Chicago scene rides on. Well, this... This roster hasn't played any of those suburbs. You are very correct when you say it is split. Um, Chicago, yeah. like inner city, is very hard to have unless you all live in the inner city. Um, just because there's so many people out there to connect and network with. Um, but when you're in the suburbs, it's like it is a whole different vibe. It's way easier to pack a show with your friends because it's like, here, just like give me 10 bucks. And like you could like not show up or you could show up. And most people will show up. Like, how show? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this this group has just been playing city shows and actually we've had some like pretty decent turnouts with them. We've had what is it, two city shows two city shows now? And in Chicago this lineup's played one. We played yeah. together in the old lineups, but that was that was yeah. when we were in different bands still. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So And that I was only one time in this, yeah. But so that like, was, yeah, that was suburbs. Kind of like, you know, hanging out into like any of like the outside suburbs, kind of like Naperville, Aurora, stuff like that, where there's literally nothing to do on a Friday night but go to a punk yep. show. Exactly. I feel yeah. that because I need that. That just <laughs> reminds me of Long Island. You know, that <laughs> that's truly what it was like in the early 2000s going to shows. And a lot Dude. of those shows would play New York City and then also play long island which is kind of crazy to think because they're really only 40 minutes away but they were completely different scenes and completely yeah. different markets dude one of my favorite things from new york there's a, a a little spot that was like an after hours like school center in the bronx um that we used to go through with my old bands that was awesome because it would literally and no matter who played there was always two to three hundred kids there and everybody was going insane didn't matter what kind of music you were playing. It was great. I love New York. I can't wait till we get there. Personally, one of the team centers. I don't. You guys don't have that many of those out on Long Island. No, 
Well, no. Okay. Yonks, Yonkers. Look, we had one in Scarsdale. All the towns would build what they called like the teen center. The idea was instead of going and doing drugs, you go there and there'd be like a party. Yeah, we got one of those in Chicago. Safe party. Of course, everyone would just go do drugs and then go there. And <laughs> but, you know, they pregame. They pregame and get like, yeah. free food and soft drinks. No, those are the yeah. best. That's like, those shows are the equivalent of the, the VFWs in, um, in New Jersey shows. I mean, Long oh, Island. They're doing they're doing shows at VFWs again now too. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I think honestly, I think the most iconic venue ever in Long Island was the uh, the bowling alley. Mm-hmm. That okay. was that was a sick venue to watch videos from. Yeah. Yeah. And my buddy John Stangle, shout out Stangle. Mm-hmm. He's the one that ran all those bowling alley <laughs> shows at the East Ice of Plains. Man, like Wonder Years played on like you name it. Those shows were crazy. And then you can also bowl unlimited amounts of games for like twelve bucks and see a sick remember, show. And remembering all the major league shows back when major league was still playing that scene. Oh only. man, let me let me just say talk something about major league right now. You want to talk about a highly underrated band that was on you know one of these major like you know punk labels? I talked about major league on a podcast because they were asking. Uh, like what were some of my like major influences for for pop punk, and uh, I threw out um, uh, Major League, and they were like, "I've never heard of that band." And I go, "You need to go listen to everything now." And he texts me the next day, and he goes, "I thank you for showing me them." He's like, "This band is highly like it, it, it's probably gonna become one of my favorite bands." So I was like, "Yep, you'll never see him again, though." <laughs> And just for the record, it was not this podcast because <laughs> I'm not a big major league fan. But however, if he tried to pull that by Tom, my other co-host, like that would have never ever fly. Tom knows no. literally every band that has ever existed. It's crazy. Tom, <laughs> Tom, Tom sat next to me at work uh, for the last year, so Tom and I would literally just go back and forth on different bands and like talk about them and be like oh yeah man i I got i got this pressing of them and we would just like sit there and talk for hours about music and never get any work done so i know nobody (laughs) from work ever listens to this podcast but who cares (laughs) (laughs) i owe major league a lot for me they were a big inspiration to me i I remember seeing them play my buddy's garage the vfw show got canceled so a week later they played my buddy's garage in central jersey on a farm you know, sound on sticks, 250 kids piling into this garage to watch them play. I mean, hey, don't knock garage shows. Neck Deep's first U.S. show ever was in a garage in Lakeland, Florida. Nice. Yeah. I'll, I will never lo- I will never knock garage shows. I miss garage shows. You know, that's not something they do down here in Nashville. But mm-hmm. when I was living in New York and Philly, I used to drive into Jersey and go to all these shows, VFWs, garages, you know. Some 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 kid whose parents were on vacation in the basement, like like two hundred kids would show up. I mean, yep. now Iceland, you know, you could throw a house show. Two hundred kids would roll in to see some band no one's ever damn heard of. Yep, and they'd have a blast. And now it's like you, you put on that same show, you can't get twenty kids to show up, and then the cops show up. Yep, it's just it's different. I miss it. Yep. Yes. So. I guess to just make sure that we cover what's going on, you know, with you guys, um, I do want to just kind of talk about some of the new music that you have recorded and 
that you're ready to drop and kind of what the plan is for that new music. I, I know you said that you guys are having these kind of separate studio sessions, but I'd love to hear a few more uh, details about what we have coming from you guys. Yeah, of course. Um, we're about, I would say we're about 70% of the way through our first full length. Um, right now we're kind of just chilling on it. We're going to be releasing singles. Um, our next one comes out a little over two weeks um, on the 19th. Uh, it's with, it's featuring the home team. So uh, the pre-save on that is like on our website and all that. It's called Seasons. Zach, I think it's the 18th. Um, <laughs> November 18th? It's a whatever, Friday, right? Yeah, whatever the yeah, Friday, Friday is. All right. Yeah, November 18th. Sorry, we're <laughs> playing well, right, bro. 20th, and you're coming in on the Friday. There's too much going on, boys. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, we have a song with the home team coming out. Um, that's our next single. We plan on releasing like five to six singles. Um, and when we're comfortable and we think we can put out a record that we're confident is going to reach the audience that we want it to and kind of be heard the way we want it to. Um, that's kind of when we'll release it. We're thinking like probably like second quarter of, of next year um, for the full release and everything, but we plan on releasing like every six to eight weeks and, you know, keeping the content streaming cause that's everything. Yep. So I, I know you guys have a video for the single. Do you have any like special premieres for the video or anything like that cooking that we can expect? Anybody else want to take it or am I the only one that was a premiere? I was going to say, I feel like you're the only one with the information right now. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I so, probably could, but I'd be winging something it. up, but we're premiering it, it um, with Unside Pop Punk um, on nice. there. I think it's uh, where, where Are My Friends At podcast. Yep, yep. Um, so we're going to be doing that the day before on the 19th, which is why I said the 19th. That's my fault. Se- wait, the 17th. Too much going on. 17. Stop, Rob. <laughs> okay. I can correct that on our social media. All right. <laughs> Numbers. Uh, um, anyway. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, I can message like, Pat right now and show. figure out what this is going to yeah, no, happen. It's the day before. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're premiering on the 17th um, on, their, on their podcast, and it's going to be available everywhere on our YouTube the next day. Nice. But yeah, we're just super stoked to have not only worked with Brian long distance, like from a recording aspect, but actually using the same um, videographer to coordinate all of the shots from where he's at in Seattle and where we're all at. Like it's, it was a really great experience. Now, did you guys have like any prior relationship with Brian or you kind of just were like, I love what the home team's doing right now and just reached out. Uh, we've played probably three or four shows opening up for them. Now in Chicago, um, just with varying lineups with us, and I've had a good relationship with Brian for a little bit. Just admired like all of the hard work that they've done. Um, so I just asked him, you know, hey, would you be willing to do this? And I was like, shoot me a price, and he was like, there we go, done. You know. Well, and we also love what the home team's doing. We yeah. like that well, is first and foremost. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How could you not though? I mean, yeah, they are, they're, they're taking. It. They are merging the pop and pop punk scene so well. Mm-hmm. Yep. They are. And I just saw them on that Real Friends tour, and it just is so sick to see. Like, you know, I'm in Charlotte, which is kind of like Nashville, where it's very hit or miss for pop punk. And that was a 
Tuesday or Wednesday night and it was jam packed, like literally jam packed. And it was super cool to see. So I'm, I'm super happy for them, especially, you know, my, my favorite band of all time is also from Seattle with Gatsby's American dream. So like, Oh, nice. Like they are passing the torch to them. And like, even the first home team record was recorded with Casey Bates who did like all of the Gatsby's American dream yep. stuff. So it's just like all full circle. And it's like, all right, yep. I guess they're going to be my new favorite band for a little while. It's going to happen now. Yep. <laughs> Those guys are, comes back. <laughs> they're unbelievable live too. Yeah. I saw them not long before I moved back down to Nashville and I was definitely pushing hard with these guys to try and get him. So it's like, they're really changing the shape of how pop punk could go, I guess, for lack of better phrasing. I mean, they're using eight string guitars too. That it's gent, interesting. That gent punk. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. But Brian's incredible. Yeah. He's really, an really happy to have him. He is. So I'm just curious, like, you know, since you have the feature with, you know, Brian, the vocalist, like, are you able to put it as like featuring the home team or are you going to have to? Yeah. So, do... well, um, their, their management right now, uh, his name is Jeremiah. Um, he's been a friend of mine for a while. He's from Chicago. Um, he's basically managing us for lack of better terms without uh, charging us. He's just kind of giving us, you know, every possible tip that he can along the way um, as like a consultant. Um, he doesn't think like, he was like, you guys don't really need a lot to manage, but I would love to work with you guys and um, kind of show you my input. So he's like, since I manage them, I can comfortably say that you guys can use that. I confirm with Brian. Um, so we actually, I guess to say featuring the home team, which like that's super cool for me. Cause I've been a fan of them since the beginning like no and that's huge yeah. for you guys like you know the home team just seems to always get on spotify editorials like it even before like they blew up necessarily like they were always getting on those playlists and like mm-hmm. <laughs> even when they would play shows that didn't pack out it was just always like their their stream numbers were so killer because they were getting on all those six Spotify playlists. So like, and they get these crazy tours. Oh yeah, they do. It's been insane opening slots. Hopefully that helps like have this single, you know, pop off right off the get go because of being able to have that as like the feature, the feature in the home team, which would be sick. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I I definitely want to hear more about like what your show plans are and maybe some tours that you have coming up but before i do that i do have to tell everyone about our sponsors DraftKings. so hockey fans it's finally time to hit the ice again and thanks to DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nhl you're in for the season of a lifetime new customers can bet five dollars on any team and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they win if that wasn't enough excitement you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So other than the singles, um, just would love to hear about some of the upcoming shows that When the Sun Sets has planned for the rest of the this year and maybe into next year. Well, uh, who wants to go? All right. So um, we actually just announced this today, uh, November 20th. We are playing Bottom Lounge. Uh, We are playing with Makeout, uh, 408, uh, Highwire, Mornings in May. And yeah, it was us. So um, I don't know. Zach, do you show show starts at uh, doors at 530, right? Yep. Okay, and then uh, I, I don't know the ticket price, unfortunately. If anyone else has that, please chime in. Um, I think it's like yeah. 15 bucks, but, uh, I mean, you're getting like six bands of music, so it's going to be crazy. Yeah. And there might be yeah. – uh, maybe we're going to bust out that new song and bring Makeout on stage or something. Who knows? Who knows? Hell, yeah. So tell me about the Bottom Lounge. Is that like the – is that a city venue or is that one of the suburbs? Yeah, it's a city venue. It's like where yeah. all the all the, I guess like mid mid to like larger bands go. Uh, Withcon, State Champs, Belmont, um, Architexas played there. Just like pretty much, Dude. it goes from three hundred to eight hundred capacity, uh, depending on where, when they pull the curtain or not. So, one of the sickest shows there ever that I saw was Real Friends and Neck Deep. Like this was like probably seven, eight years ago. It was insane. Six. Yeah, I saw a real friend's knuckle puck. It was crazy. For the for the New York guys, it's a lot like Irving Plaza. It's one of those when you, it, it, it can feel good with a small crowd, but it can also pack out like a big national tour. It can kind of do a little bit of everything. That's sick. Yeah, I, I'm super pumped to to you know follow from afar. And like I mentioned, we we had. Some of the 408 guys on our show before when they were in their other band, and the Knicks are, are super sweet. Uh, one's a Sabres fan for some reason, and the other's a Blackhawks fan. Sorry. Blackhawks yeah. Black Black fan. Yeah, which is kind of odd because they're an Orlando band, but Orlando Yeah, but the Blackhawks like... are the best, so I mean... <laughs> Uh, we, 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 we struggled. We struggled in the '90s. We had so much talent, but couldn't capitalize. Just saying. I, I feel like you guys are kind of at the crossroads right now. Like, if this season doesn't go great, you might see some pieces, like you know, those core guys being moved at the deadline. Yeah, absolutely. There, there, there's, it, it's insane for you know what we accomplished with the talent we had, which was fantastic. But uh, some of that talent is, is definitely, you can tell, is getting older. And I feel like I, I absolutely agree with you. Unless they start capitalizing on what they have, we're uh, going to see some more restructuring. I mean, I think a lot of that rides on their minor league teams, too, which is like, personally, like I haven't seen in the past couple of years, the Hawks have a great minor league team either to, to pull up those crazy Taze, Kane, Sharp, you know, yep. those icon players. Yeah. Go Rockford, by the way. <laughs> so yeah. so before we before we start like kind of like diving into to Blackhawks talk which is the the bane of my existence um <laughs> we we got some of you guys in Nashville some of you guys are from Buffalo you know some of you guys are from Chicago kind of like 
what's the what's the the team dynamic here when you guys all get together to watch games? Like, who, who do you argue over? Well, I'll start off by saying I was a huge Sabres fan back in like '06. Okay. <laughs> they were very good when I was younger. And I'm like a fan. We've we've seen that, yeah. For for the Sabres, it's by location. Jason Pominville, Vanek, Derek Roy. You just gotta do the Rick Generate. Uh, Ryan Miller in his prime. They were great then. See the one the one person we have a huge advantage with is Jim because Jim has like the best trash talking I think I've ever heard from anybody. <laughs> like he talks about like we play video games, watch any sport. He's really good at just giving that one line. You're like, just say that. That's great though. <laughs> the thing is, like, yeah, I have to side trash him. talks if he's losing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you do. If he's, and he's usually losing. So. Oh, trash if talk I'm, is if I'm winning, it's. Yeah, if I'm winning, it's a little more tame. If I'm losing, it's it's a lot worse. Losing is trash oh. talking. Winning is gloating. That's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Winning. So, is who do you ball. root for, Jim? Oh, dude. Oh, Reds. Okay, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, it's off camera. Are, are you a like a Nashville unicorn? Like, are you born and bred in in Nashville? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm from like. It's like three and a half, four hours east of Nashville. Called uh, it's a place called like I'm from like the Gatlinburg Sevierville area, so like the okay. Smoky Mountains. Yeah. Um, I I came I came to Middle Tennessee for school, and uh, just kind of never left. So I got okay. That. I got that. So, so David's uh, a, a bandwagon fan. So, Jim's a Preds fan. Yeah, That's I'm, what really, I was gonna say. I'm really concerned about Matt. I have a feeling he might say that he's a Ranger fan. Well, Taman, are you still a Sabres fan, or are you a Preds well, fan now? What I was going to say is, truthfully, I've made, migrated a lot more towards football. I follow football very, very actively. But, oh, yeah, because um, the, the Bills I, are doing well. Well, I, I've always followed football. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yeah. They yeah. are doing well. He's a typical Pablo <laughs> fan. Dude, I, I went to so many, like, I went to college with so many people just like you because I was literally in college in 2006 when all of a sudden the Sabres are the best thing in the world. And then the past couple of years, they've been garbage. And now, oh, I'm a Bills fan. I'm a Bills fan. It's like, I'm, wait, you, I'm you were only. Tables. Yeah. When the I've Bills were garbage in 06. <laughs> yes, they were they literally were. garbage in 06. I, I've dealt with the pain for that long. And then in 2018, we drafted Josh Allen. Believe me or not. I have multiple witnesses. I said the 2023 Super Bowl is the first Bills win. And the team has actually developed, and it could possibly happen this year. So I've Call been Cinderella. I this crowds. So, but, but hockey-wise, uh, are you still a Sabres fan? I'm, I still like the Sabres. <laughs> I just don't follow it as closely anymore. <laughs> All right, Mike, Mikey, right. I want your number. I want your number. I want you on speed dial. So next time he talks about the Sabres, I can just put you just on speaker and start trash talking them. Uh, yeah, that's what yeah. we need. Well, I was yeah, no, now you're stuck with the Sabres. Sorry. I've always liked the Bruins, too, as horrible and, like, not possible as that is. Mostly because I loved watching Char growing up. But, uh... Bruins had a couple good seasons. Yeah. I mean, same kind of just thing. A few. They're doing good this year. I mean, they're top of the league right now. So uh, it's the first month, two months. Yeah, a little bit. We'll see. We'll see how they yeah. end. 
Exactly. I was gonna <laughs> no, say Tavis, season's almost Tavis, over, boys. So, so were you conveniently a Bruins fan in like 2011? <laughs> no, it was right around <laughs> the same time as Sabres. <laughs> but it's also Somebody like that's throw the bandwagon like wallpaper over. He's that. like, yeah, man, look at my Tim Thomas jersey. <laughs> well, it's like it's a crime in Buffalo to be a Bruins fan. People don't really like that anywhere thing. outside of Boston to be a Bruins fan. <laughs> Factual. <laughs> that could be too, yeah. But uh, so yeah, I do not. We need to figure out what Matt. What's your what's your hockey team? So I will start by saying I'm probably the least like. I'm probably the least sports person in the band when it comes to like following sports and being really passionate about a team. Uh, I always tell people I'm just a New York fan when it comes to New York sports. I was always, I was Mets over Yankees and Giants over Jets. So I at least had one of those right for most of the years uh, that I lived there. But uh, no, I'm not, I'm not a a Rangers fan. They've never done me any favors. I did grow up going to their games, but yeah, uh, but I mean, Islanders. No. (laughs) <laughs> I grew up outside. If you're from New York and you're not from Long Island, you can't root for Long Island. That's like a law. To be honest with you, you should be well, going for the Devils back then. But it's the same way they wouldn't root for someone from <laughs> Long Island within New York. It's like we're almost like two separate states. Right. We love each other, but we hate. I was gonna each say other. I know it, people Matt. from Long you're Island. From are fans. <laughs> I am from upstate. <laughs> you are, but we all agree on one thing: Jersey sucks, right? So we can at least we can at least. I moved to Nashville. <laughs> I conveniently moved to Nashville in 2017 when the Preds decided to be really fucking good. So I'm a Preds fan because I needed at least one Ooh. team in a little bit. Because um, okay. God only knows the Mets and the Giants weren't doing it for me. So, all right, all right. So, 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 Rob, let's 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 talk about what what's your. I can't judge your face, obviously, but because he's in the he's on the on the toilet right now at a work party. <laughs> That's the worst yeah. work party ever if the toilet's dark. Yeah. yeah, he's on lunch right now as well. It was just the only quiet spot he could get. Yeah. So, so Rob, who's your team? Uh, so I am born and raised a Blackhawks fan, and I know you don't like talking about them, but I'm old school. I'm talking like Belfour and Roenick and Chelios nice. and Probert. Like I'm old school. Like I, I, I miss when the Hawks had enforcers like Probert and Scott and stuff like that, that literally just waited for their punch and knocked you out one shot. Uh, I miss hockey being like that, but you know, I still love uh, the Hawks right now. We're going through some struggles, but uh, actually me and me and Zach right now, more than anything are, are going to the, uh, the Chicago wolves, the minor league for the, the hurricanes uh, team right now. Like we've been, we have season tickets and go every weekend, basically. Nice. All right, I love talking AHL whenever I get a chance, and I was excited about that because in one of your promo picks or maybe even one of your music videos, Zach, you're wearing a Chicago Wolves hat, and I was like, oh, that's dope. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. AHL's, like, that's that's got my heart, honestly. I, I, I've always, like, I was I grew up like Rob on Probert and Roenick, and my dad saw all those guys when it was 20 bucks to go to the United Center and go watch those guys play on a Wednesday night. Um, so, like, the AHL kind of brings that back for me. It's, like, it's pure hockey, and there's so much adrenaline and fighting and, like, stuff like that. It's, like, it's just a lot to see. It's it's pure entertainment, like, the whole time. So, I, I just want to ask, because I know that you guys are now affiliated with the Hurricanes, but, mm-hmm. you know, the – they used to be in Charlotte, like the Charlotte checkers mm-hmm. were the hurricanes affiliate and they won the Calder cup. And like yep. the city of Charlotte was actually like 
really into that that run like they were selling out games and like they were top of the league in attendance and then the very next season they just relocated the team to chicago and i was just like this doesn't make any sense like you know raleigh and charlotte are two and a half hours away geographically it's a lot easier to get your call-ups if you need to so i guess like Chicago, the Wolves have kind of bounced around with the teams that they're affiliated with the past couple of years. Oh so like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I find that my tough parents. Oh yeah. To like, actually, like, root I think for them. Been, well, <laughs> I mean, for for me, it's it's really like the Chicago is the team I'm rooting for. Um, so, like, I know Rockford has steadily had the Chicago Blackhawks, um, you know, farm team affiliate, but. Um, I mean, it's just been like the the whole Chicago Wolves thing. Like we we're close, way closer to Chicago geographically um, when you're at the Wolves Stadium. So I mean, it really feels more like you're or you're uh, like rooting for the Hawks than um, an affiliate of like we've been the Blues, the Canes, like you said, the Checkers. Like it's been a crazy amount of teams, but I think we just root for the AHL patch more than the you know the NHL affiliate on that. I need you to teach me how to do that because I wanted to do that, but I can't do it. Like, truthfully, you know, I was like, you know what? I can root for the Charlotte checkers. Like it's AHL. I can do it. And I tried to go to games and really get involved. Like when they weren't playing like the Islanders affiliate, Mm -hmm. but it felt so fake for me where like being such a diehard Islander fan, I do follow my prospects and I want them to do well as well. So I I just naturally follow along with the Bridgeport Islanders or the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, what they used to be yeah. called. Like it was really tough for me to even like pretend I was interested in how the Carolina Hurricanes prospects were doing. I think it's funny that you bring that up because I was gonna say like the closer the logos are, and if you do a spin-off NHL team with their logo and their naming and everything, it's a lot easier to get attached to that. Um, whereas like the wolves have always been their own entity. Um, and it's like, it's their, their logo on the other shoulder has always changed, but they've always kind of centered around that AHL logo. Um, so I, I think that's like the difference, like, uh, the Bruins and Portland, what is their AHL? Or Providence, yeah, Portland. Providence, Bruins. yeah, Providence. Yeah. They literally have like the same logo almost identically. So it's, it's very hard if they had a different logo on their other shoulder to be like, all right, well, you know, can't root for this <laughs> NHL team, or you know, I, I also think like the Providence, this. the Providence Bruins is just it's such a lazy logo because he just took the oh B yeah, <laughs> and he just took the that little took the one hoop out, the one hoop out. And it's like, oh, we got a P now. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna yeah. take the Pirates logo from baseball. Yeah, <laughs> there's a Maple Leaves one though that does the same thing. I'm pretty sure <laughs> the the Marlies, the Marlies, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's ridiculous you just change the lettering just a little bit it's all you have to do it's, it's copyright infringement they're very good i wish we had an ahl team in florida uh you guys do um oh my god i can't think of who it is Don't. they're echl we're echl oh okay yeah never mind it's worse <laughs> yeah because well, like, we I... were echl for a little bit yeah, really? have, Chicago um, was? Yeah, yeah was. before they were in the AHL, yeah. Really? Yeah. This was like uh, late I think it was 90s. two 
two seasons? Yeah, Something. it was a couple seasons. I find the no, 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 no. I, I think you're thinking of the IHL, not the EHL. Oh, damn it. That's exciting. That's why, yeah, it was, there, there was, it was like two or three seasons, and then they switched over. I'm just going to mute my mic because I'm constantly wrong this, this time. So. Yeah, we have three ECHL teams in Florida. We have the Icemen, we have the Bears, the Solar Bears, and we have the Everblades. Oh, I know the Everglades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then, you know, our Preds fans, your team is in Milwaukee, which also geographically makes no sense. So, don't get me started on that. Our affiliate team is in Syracuse for Tampa. <laughs> yes, also dumb. But the, the Syracuse Crunch are awesome. And they I used are. to go to games all the time when I was in, at SUNY Cortland. It was so much fun. And that's where they film slap shots. Yep. Nice. I've yeah. seen a few Amherst games. They're, uh, they're Sabres for AHL. Oh, yeah. I, they're super historic too like they, they've been around longer than most nhl teams the amrex are pretty historic seen some really good games with them so mm-hmm. taven geographically where you mentioned you're from have you ever heard of the band urgency it rings a bell but i'm not sure they're definitely like outside of rochester in like the mid to late 2000s and they were freaking awesome and they, I just found them on Spotify like a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, wow, I can't believe that this band is even up on Spotify. And I have like 12 monthly listeners, but it's so good. So everyone who's listening to this podcast, go listen to The Urgency from Rochester, New York, and be like, wow, this crap holds up all these years later. Like, it's so good. I'll check them out. I'm definitely going to check them out. Guys too. Yeah, they're sweet. Cool. So... You know, we've been chatting over an hour, and I, I really just want to give you guys this platform to to plug away your socials and to plug away any other news that you have before we let you go. And then, uh, you know, the Islanders are, by the way, up one nothing after the second period. Just wanted to point that out. Both nice. won, so I'm good. Sorry. <laughs> right. We always come back late, so it's fine. We're still third in the conference, you know. We'll brush it off. <laughs> so, so yeah go uh, go right ahead whoever's ready to to plug Matt, away run it this is you zach you're you're the socials plug-in guy all right cool so uh you know obviously the most uh influential social media platform in the world tiktok um you can hit us up on there we're always posting like goofy stuff we're going live um matt's gonna be in the studio in a couple weeks we're gonna go live for that um you can also see me yell at the wolves on some of them. Oh yeah, so it's it's at when the sunsets il on TikTok. Um, same goes for Instagram. Um, it's kind of dead for pictures. I was I heard one of your podcasts earlier talking about that as well. Um, I'm like trying to recycle TikTok into Reels, and it's very hard to schedule that because I'm running both of them right now. Everybody's super busy and spread out across the country. Um, our YouTube, When the Sun Sets IL, we're going to be dropping our music video. Um, you can just uh, check our Instagram bio. Uh, we have a link in there. It's kind of like a link tree. Brings you to everything super easily. Um, but, yeah, we're going to be dropping new singles. Um, we're hoping on another feature after the home team. We're working on that behind the scenes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
it's just we're going to be documenting the process a lot. Um, we're working with the same producer that Meet Me at the Altar was um, when we when they were getting signed uh, by Fuel by Ramen and everything. So it's been a Belmont. it's been a crazy process. Yeah, it's it's been really cool, and we're excited to like finally bring everybody along for the trip. We have a very good lineup with a good head on our shoulders, and you know everybody knows what they want to do career wise for the rest of their lives. We just got to push for it for a bit. Yep. Sweet, I love that. And are, I'm guessing Meet Me at the Altar, did they, what, record with Andrew Wade? Is that who they recorded with? Actually, his name is uh, Roy Robley. He's, yep. uh, okay. He did Belmont's Overstepping, was one of his uh, biggest records. Um, he does, he did Cleveland Avenue. Um, he's, he's doing a lot of, like, smaller bands in the scene as well. Um, but Meet Me at the Altar was, like, we were doing a bunch of sessions between them and um, – those just massive drums that they have on their uh, is it Model Citizen EP. Yeah. It's just like that's such a signature to a lot of the stuff we're putting out, and it's like it's crazy to work with him. And he's just like, uh, he's like, here, just try this. Like, I promise it's gonna work. I know my room. I know my setup. Like, it's it's in his house. So, you know, we 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 give a lot of trust, and it's uh it's like a very family friendly environment there. It's it's super cool. So. And I was going to say that tracks too, because Taya from Alter is a huge Belmont fan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Huge. Yeah. We they're, played a few shows with them when they were in Orlando, and it's just like you could you could 100% tell the influence. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're very chuggy too with their patterns. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Now, just side note, because I, I'm not going to lie, I'm not being very professional right now, and I have the Islanders. Blackhawks game pulled up, but for some <laughs> reason, I must have clicked the Blackhawks feed. And you guys have Corey Crawford doing your intermission reports. Uh, it's a and, slap in the face. He was so good. He, but, he didn't get enough credit. But he legit looks like a scene dude. Like it doesn't make it. Like he has tattoos all over his hands. Has his like big like just scene kid fucking beard. And it's just like, wow, I can't believe Corey he's Crawford's on. sponsor mm, us. Yeah. Yeah, not he's on <laughs> national television looking like that. That's pretty sweet. Great. Now, I, I guess just because you guys are season ticket holders for the Chicago Wolves, have you guys submitted your music to them to to try to get them to play it during stoppage and thing like things like that? It, it, it's funny you said that. Um, we literally just had that talk with our rep the other day about uh, setting up a meeting for that. So, we're yeah, we got a it. box. Okay, that's what the nineteenth is. Okay. I knew there was something on the 19th. <laughs> uh, we're, we're getting a box. We're going to get us and a bunch of friends out there and just, like, uh, try to get the music director in and just, you know, let them know, like, we're in it for for a lot more than just music and money and stuff like that. Um, like, a lot of our roots come from suicide and mental health awareness. Um, yep. The Wolves provide, like, a huge family-friendly environment. And I know, like, from experience that that stuff can affect people extremely young like younger than you can even think that people would comprehend that stuff so um like that's what a lot of our core values we're trying to share with the wolves are is like kind of our songs um in that aspect yeah and that'd be sick if they let you guys like play like a pre-game show or even the intermissions or whatever that that'd be sick yeah or, yeah, that's that's it's the that's the hope that's uh, we're working with, and 
Um, that's hopefully just the beginning as well for a lot of the stuff we have planned. Amen. Well, I'm super excited to to see what's coming up, and you know, I'll be following along, and I'll, I'll definitely let Taven know when the when the Sabers get good that he's not allowed to root for them ever again. Uh, <laughs> I said the same to Alex Howard from Conditions, like. He <laughs> grew up a diehard Ranger fan, and then when he moved to Nashville, he's like, "Yeah, now I'm a Preds fan." I was like, "Dude, when the Rangers get good, I'm gonna remind you all the time that you're not allowed to root for them anymore." It was Factual. just a matter. It was a matter of growing up with the Sabers getting really good pretty early on in my life, and it was like, "Oh, this is the team." Like I'm from the town with the team, and then they kind of just fizzled out, and you just watched everybody just slowly go away and it's like all right i, I could say the yeah. same thing about the panthers i grew up in miami oh, yeah. went to panther games my whole life my buddy one of my close friends uh who we had on the show is you know he works for the panthers he got us in for free all the time but i don't know something about the lightning <laughs> yeah. been a lightning fan since 2003 <laughs> Yeah, well, you can never question Tom and I. We're New York Islander fans, so like literally, our entire existence has been awful, except like a handful of years, and like the really good years we weren't born yet. So, yeah, yeah no I was gonna say ever... that was the enforcer years. Yeah, yep. yeah, no one can well, ever question our credibility. Like we're we're in it forever. There's a reason <laughs> some of the best emo bands come from Long Island. Yeah, factual. Uh, well, well, Justin, the one thing you do also have that helps you with the bolts is uh, Stamco. So uh, I don't blame you for kind of wanting to watch them do something. We didn't have him the first time we won the cup. I, I know, but he, <laughs> but he is, he is awesome. He's a to watch. beautiful man. He is. <laughs> Never want to lose him. Even though I was talking mad shit a few years ago, saying trade him, <laughs> trade him and Ben Bishop. We don't want him. Bye, dude. That's a that's a, as soon as something you lose a game that you're like you should have won. You're like trade him, trade him uh, off. Yeah, Let's when rebuild. we lost when we lost to the the Hawks, 100. Trade him. Bye. Go. Bye. Go. Bye. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, dude, Stevie Wonder built that team for us, though. Got to give it to Wonder. Factual. We we with this many homies on here, we could talk hockey for All another day. twenty hours. But yeah, I definitely uh, have early morning school tomorrow. I have to teach a bunch of smelly fifth graders, so it is my bedtime. And I do appreciate Ooh. you guys hanging out with us, and definitely go pre-save their single, which is out November eighteenth. Zach, in case you needed to know, November 18th. <laughs> yes, it is the 18th. I have it written down on my hand in a Sharpie. <laughs> I will tattoo it. If you're in the Chicago area, they have a pretty sick show November 20th. So definitely go and check that out and support the homies and make that make out and 408 and all those other bands. So lots of great things for you guys in the rest of this year and next year. And we're super excited for you. And Please stay in touch and uh, have a great night. Great night. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll do it again soon. All right. All right. Be good. See you guys. See you guys.